B2B has the potential to be electrifying. But the industry is paralysed by a culture of conservatism. Scared stiff in a straitjacket of rational ideas. It's time for change. It's time to make B2B marketing visceral. Join us as we uncover and explore the truth with leading B2B marketers. This is B2B Marketing, the provocative truth. Hello and welcome to B2B Marketing, the provocative truth. I'm Benedict and today I'm joined by Simon Dodds, who's Senior Marketing Manager at the B2B part of Coventry Building Society. Simon, welcome. Um, I obviously won't do it justice if I try and give you an extended intro. So floor is yours, 30, 45 seconds. Give a brief introduction to uh, yourself. Fantastic. What do I say? Um, yeah, so I uh, look after the B2B marketing side mm -hmm. at Coventry Building Society. Um, and that is predominantly working with our mortgage brokers and mortgage intermediaries. We're a very simple business. We do savings and mortgages. Get a lot of our business in the mortgage space through our brokers. Mm -hmm. So my job is all about getting our message across to them, making them feel part of part of our society really excellent and today we're going to be talking about it's, it's i think it's an underspoken about topic in terms of the dimension we're going to have which is for those brands that have both a consumer and a business part to their business um what is the dynamic that exists within marketing what's that relationship between the b2c colleagues and the b2b colleagues um but in true b2b the provocative truth style i'm going to start out with a provocative truth and that's that I believe that when you do have a company that has a B2B and a B2C side, because of that sort of predominance of the B2C brand, the B2B marketers are always paying second fiddle. Do you agree with that or is that too controversial? I don't think it's too controversial. I think there's an element of that definitely purely because of the, the size mm -hmm. from, a, from a B2C point of view. But certainly within our business model, the money that we bring in comes from the mortgage side, yep. which is predominantly B2B. But I think what I would say is within those businesses where there is both of those elements, it's about how they work together mm -hmm. that can create a much stronger brand and a stronger offering to customers as ultimately the sort of the, the B2B and B2C side of things starts to blur a little. So when you when you talk about how they, they, they work together, I, that's really interesting. I'd, I'd like to understand that both on a sort of a people level, but also about a brand leverage level. Because um, one of the things which I've experienced and directly observed with some of the clients that we work with who are in that sort of situation, there's almost this little bit of a, a paradox that they want to lean on maybe the B2C brand because it has that awareness aspect, but that sort of muddies the water a little bit in the minds of their B2B buyer. So what does it look like in practice when you're working together? So from our point of view, a lot of the business that we do mm -hmm. is almost B2B to see yeah because we're because we're working with the brokers at the end of that is a customer mm -hmm. is a client um so they really have to work in conjunction because it's not the the broker that's taking out the mortgage at the end of yes. the day it's the it's the client and the first thing that the the customer will do is go and check the lender that's been mm -hmm. recommended mm -hmm. by the broker go and have a look at their website so it's really important that we get that consistent approach across b2b and b2c and get that message across um, I think the other thing that is really important is that sort of halo effect that you have and, mm -hmm. and how um, B2C advertising can have an impact on, on our B2B customers as well. So they really, really sort of play together. Um, and one of the things that we've done recently is is actually move to a master brand type of feel. Yes. So pre we previously had a very distinct B2B brand and a B2C brand, but we've brought those two together recently um, and are starting to see a lot of those benefits from that. And what was your... Uh, 
almost in the analysis process when you were looking at the advantages of having two discrete and focused brands to having that single singular master brand yeah i think one of the things that um we were really looking at was building brand awareness mm -hmm. and one of the key ways to build that brand awareness has been through consistency mm -hmm. and getting that consistent feel across both both arms both divisions that consistency has helps to build trust within within our end mm -hmm. uh, end users, whether that's brokers or whether that's customers. So really it was around if we can get that consistent message out across both the B2C and B2B channels, that's going to help us build that awareness, mm -hmm. build that trust and ultimately lead to, to more customers yeah. taking out our products and services and benefiting from what we can yeah. offer. And in, and in within that analysis, what, what were the the potential downsides of having that unified brand that you, you consider because clearly it's not going to be a one size fits yeah. all so i think it's always really interesting to understand the the pros and the cons yeah i think there's there are definitely some um you know if one side of the business mm. fails or struggles then that can have an impact yeah. on the on the the, uh, the other side of the brand as well so that's definitely one of the things that we have to consider and think about um especially with our sort of where we're lending and and, and those different uh, aspects of things but I think fundamentally, um, getting that consistent feel across both channels was of benefit to both the B2C and the B2B mm -hmm. side of things. Um, it allowed brokers to, to recognize us, um, allowed us to sort of stand out a bit more, mm -hmm. um, and also to then create that connection between the, as I say, because we are B2B to C. Yeah. really create that connection throughout the whole journey. So when you, when you were looking at, because I, I think it's it's interesting with your particular business because of that B2B to C aspect and you are always going to be um, a brand that matters to that end consumer within their sort of decision-making yeah. process. Did you delineate between uh, the broker audience and that end consumer audience when you were thinking about how the brand was constructed or actually within the particulars of your sort of situation, yeah. you focused in on that end consumer. So what we had to do was really think about what the brand meant to the brokers as yeah. well. So talk about being altogether better is, mm -hmm. is the line that we use. Um, and we understood what that meant from a customer point yeah. of view, from a, from a member point of view. But what does that mean to a broker? Because it does mean different things. And, mm -hmm. and actually the broker is wanting something different from us than the customer. Mm -hmm. um, so we really uh, had to really delve deeply into what was important to to the broker and how how that fitted with our overall brand mm. value and our brand statement um so it, it's consistent in terms of the same message but applied in different ways um in terms of the benefit that they would see from it the, the broker or the consumer so just to put that into sort of th some, some practical terms to see how you could take that same message and you apply that different nuance yeah. when you look back at the you know any sort of campaigns or activity that stood out what does it look like in practice in terms of uh, altogether better um to that consumer audience and then to the the broker audience from a visual practical yeah. point of view very similar mm -hmm. little nuanced tweaks for the intermediary yeah. side of things to just to bring that b2b feel to it a little bit but what we try and do is look at um so as a case in point if we're looking at first-time buyers um we want to get across our message that we're there for first-time buyers and we support support first-time buyers but that is very different from a broker and a consumer point of view mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so from a broker point of view we developed a research guide research report to help give them the knowledge and the expertise that they needed to talk to first-time buyer yes. customers now that's not right for 
a customer for for mm -hmm. a, a member what they need is um advice and guidance around the process and things like that mm. so what we try and do uh, th through things like altogether better is is provide that knowledge and expertise but in different ways for the different audiences and i think it's in, and i think quite intuitive in terms of the producing those sort of guides for the b2b um, the broker audience rather um and then also you were talking around some of the material for the b2c is still quite sort of rational practical help um what, what, what have you sort of explored at communicating with well both audience but in particular the b2b audience on a more emotional driver sort of level it's really interesting because that's something that we're looking at a lot at the yeah. moment and um one of the key things with i think all b2b at marketing but especially um where we are if we're talking about product or talking about policy it's only relevant to that broker if they've got a customer set in front mm -hmm. of them that needs that product or needs mm -hmm. that policy mm -hmm. and it's the same for any sort of b2b your mm. product is only relevant at that time so we're only then in the broker's mind at that point what we need to do is engage them on an emotional level get that mental availability through brand work and brand advertising mm. very similar um and actually what we found through looking at research reports is it's very similar to the b2c side of things mm. to get that uh mix of brand activation and product activation mm -hmm. and if you can create emotional response if you can be creative in how you get that message across and create standout that's what keeps you in the broker's mind mm. when they don't have that client mm -hmm. but they're then still thinking about you as a as a lender mm. and do you think it's been a distinct advantage for you because of that b2c aspect of your business in terms of producing that emotionally resonant messaging yeah i think so and i think by having that um consistent brand approach it doesn't feel out of place mm -hmm. all of a sudden dialing up the emotion in the b2b space it still fits within within the the overall output that i suppose we put out so i think it's interesting i wanted to ask you actually more of a, a, a structural uh, question here when when we look at the teams within um you know country building side from a marketing perspective it, do the two teams B2B and B2C sit separately or is actually there a lot of cross-pollination between the yeah. two? So uh, now more so than ever, there's a lot of cross-pollination. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, we are talking about the same thing just yeah. to a different audience. So it's really important that we work really closely together. We have a couple of sort of shared services with our sort of brand and um, design studio. So it's a real, um, real team effort ultimately mm. well, whilst we whilst we sit in different areas and have slightly different stakeholders within the business we're still delivering yeah the same product and the same market so it's really important that we get that consistent approach because our customers don't necessarily see us as b2b or b2c no, they'll see us as the building society so we need to make sure that we that we work in that so when it comes back to, comes back to my provocative truth that i asked at the beginning and you're doing a big brand campaign um is it an exercise of equals or do b2c get to call the shot that's a, yeah that's a tr that, that is a tricky one <laughs> um, you can I, give me a diplomatic answer I'm, I'm, or you can give me a candid I'm thinking answer. of my b2c colleagues yeah um I think it is led by b2c if there's mm -hmm. a, if there's a large brand campaign definitely I think what is the benefit in the b2b space is almost we've got more room to play mm -hmm. and and we have a different relationship with our brokers than we do with our customers probably a closer relationship to some extent so it gives us a bit more freedom to take that brand campaign and develop it in a in a slightly different yeah. way so when you say when you say freedom room for maneuver what 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 do you mean there is is it because of a regulated market or actually is it just the nature of the relationship <coughs> well there's elements of regulation yeah. so there's obviously a, um, a lot stricter regulation from a mm -hmm. b2c point of view but I also think we've got such a good relationship and such a close relationship. We've got a bit more license 
to to do things with mm. talk about relationship uh, with our with our brokers and also internally uh, we can build up different um different approaches and different ways mm. of doing things different channels that we might not necessarily have the budget to look at from a b2c point of view we can build in okay. through the b2b channels and, and and then this is i think this is a relevant question for every b2b marketer whether they're working in you know in the sort of financial services yeah. sector or technology sector, whatever, whatever. When it comes to understanding your B2B um, client or customer or buyer, whatever you want to call them, as a, a, a human being, getting that insight about a human truth, which you can then use yeah. to build a campaign around, how do you go about getting that level of understanding with the, uh, the broker audience? The most important thing is just spending time yeah. with them and speaking to people who are doing that job mm. or... We've got a really strong intermediary development team who are based in the office, but also the, the people that are out on the road yeah. meet, meeting the brokers on a daily basis is immersing ourselves in in that type of environment. And one of the things that's been really nice through sort of hybrid working is actually our office setup has changed. Mm -hmm. So if we as a marketing department want to go and sit in the intermediary development team, we can just go and do that and spend mm. some time with them and listen to the calls that are coming in, listen to what brokers are saying on the phone. And it really helps us get that understanding of them yeah. and couple that with, you know, really stringent, detailed, thorough research as well to really build up that picture. And I'll come on to the research. because I'm interested in that. But has that been a sort of a, a cultural um, surprise for you based on where you've worked previously, just in terms of that level of marketing involvement in hearing directly from the uh, customer or client? Um, I think it's. I think it's consistent in a lot of places yeah. that I've worked. I think the best way is getting as close as possible as you mm -hmm. can to your to your customer. Um, I think it's what's been nice, as I say, within within the new environment is actually really immersing yourselves in it. So you're not sales or intermediate mm. development on one side and marketing right over the other side of the of the office. We we are as one type of thing, which mm -hmm. is really nice. And so coming back to to research, which I said I was yeah. going to do. Um, what what does research look like for you within your marketing division into your broker yeah. audience? Yeah, how do you approach it? What sort of data do you get back? How do you use that data? So we take a, a few different approaches, really. We've got a really strong sort of customer research team um, who will run various different sort of omnibus surveys and things like that on a regular basis mm. of brokers that have used us. But also we'll look at specific things. So before we move to the master brand approach, we did a range of different research pieces looking at what was the right proposition. And ultimately that was that was getting out and speaking to brokers mm -hmm. um, and, and sort of spending time with them to really, what we find is we have to delve quite deep. So look at quite a few different sort of angles and different ways of doing things. So we did some um, IAT testing as well, mm -hmm. um, conversations. We also try and bring it to life a little bit. So we try and personify brands yes. and get them to talk in, in that way about it. Because I think that can open up a little bit that can open up a little bit more then so so this is you like getting the brokers to personify yes. the different competitor brands competitor brands our brand yeah oh fascinating which uh, anything you can share on that front i mean th that's a it's a lovely technique and <coughs> uh we we uh the, the one that sticks in the mind um was we were asked asked them to describe what we'd be like if we were a part uh, a guest at a party yes I think the the reference was uh, not necessarily Gucci. They, you know, they wouldn't be dressed in Gucci. They'd be more M and S type of thing. I think was was one of them, and uh, possibly the beige of the buffet was the other line that stuck in my mind. So that has been oh, my no. my uh, my goal to to change that opinion. 
So what, what would you expect if you were to ask this question again? Um, which well, high street and <laughs> fashion retailer that, that's would be? What we're, that's what we'll be looking to do once we've sort of pushed out some of this stuff is really get that understanding of um, of where we are now. But yeah, certainly uh, maybe a bit of guacamole or something like that. A bit more adventurous than a beige buffet. <laughs> I, I'm pretty confident that Marks and Spencer, especially with Christmas coming up, will serve a fantastic guacamole. <laughs> um, that, that's great. Look, it's been a really interesting conversation having um, talking around sort of the, the, some of the, the, the tensions. But actually, I think, what you've described are really the, the benefits of having that sort of synergy, synergetic sort of like yeah. approach to, to working. Um, and we also spoke around um, the campaign activity you're doing and the emotional engagement, which actually leads me on to my final question, which is one we always ask podcast guests, so please, please do forgive me. Um, and that's, when was the last time that you saw um, an advert, a piece of communication, marketing, that you really felt in your guts. Yeah. And by that, I mean that it moved you on a deep emotional level. Yeah. I'm a bit of a sentimental old thing when it comes to it. And uh, It's a John Lewis advert coming, isn't it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's a John Lewis advert. <laughs> Not a John Lewis Christmas advert, though. Yeah. It, was, it was just an example of a perfectly timed uh, piece of advertising, and it was um, focusing on the journey of fa a father. So yeah. from child's birth right up to her sort of first yeah. day at primary school. I just so happened to see that on the evening of my eldest daughter having her first day at secondary school. And it, it got me. It did get me. But um, I think that's where B2B can can learn from stuff like yeah. that. You know, there's nothing wrong with a bit of emotion. And, and that's what creates, sort of, you know, makes it memorable. Absolutely. So have you got ambitions for uh, Coventry Building Society to... Uh, step into that emotional uh, territory yeah i will see if i can make our brokers cry yeah <laughs> and is there a christmas ad that we should, should no, no christmas ad this year no christmas ad this year <laughs> wonderful well as i said i thank you very much for joining i think it's been a really really interesting conversation um i think that my, my starting point when we start this conversation is that sort of as i say that credibility paradox which comes from do we leverage the B2C brand um, to grow our awareness, but potentially at the expense of the clarity of our proposition? Yeah. But I think as we've had that conversation, there is that sort of equilibrium that can be reached. And more than that, um, there really is that sort of advantage of having a collaborative, integrated approach with B2C colleagues when it comes to B2D. Absolutely. Rather. So, Simon, thank you very much for joining us. It's been thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth is brought to you by Allen Agency. To find out more, head to allen-agency.com. You can stream B2B Marketing The Provocative Truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else great podcasts are found. And don't forget to click subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Allen, thanks for listening.